0: saying, you know, I am hurt. I, I, I say this many, many years ago when the internet started. My wife was very good with it. I remember asking her to do me a favor, get me an aisle seat. I was flying to New York. Being so tall, it's very difficult for me flying. <clears throat> so I come home and I ask her, did you do it? And she says, no. So normally my reaction would be, what did I ask you, already? What will be her reaction? What do you think? I was twiddling my thumb. I just said nothing. I said to her, "It looks like I'm not important." I didn't say nothing. She dropped everything. She did it. Since then, my shonbi's got better with ten levels. I never say anything. I only when I'm frustrated. I say, it looks like I'm not important. She is chasvu shalom, and don't even say that, and, and, and don't even think about that. What happens is you get able to say what's really, that's really what's bothering us. 99% of the time when couples argue, they're not arguing on the issue. A, a couple came to me the other day you know, with a big problem and and she says to me, we were arguing last much Shabbos about something. I asked him, what were you arguing? He didn't remember, she didn't remember. I said, do you know why you both don't remember what you were arguing? It wasn't the thing that was important that we were arguing. When you, the difference of disagreeing and argument is, argument comes when one of you feels negated, pushed away, not validated, uh, not appreciated, so the argument turns into an argument. Disagree means, of course you disagree. I always tell couples, I disagree with myself. Yesterday I thought this way, and the next day I think, what was I thinking yesterday? If I could disagree with myself, why can't I disagree with my spouse? She has a right to disagree because the other day I could have thought the other way around. Arguing means when you argue is because one of you feels pushed away, not appreciated, insulted. Sometimes rightfully, sometimes not so rightfully, but that's what it is. And we don't say that. We come and we argue and we say, you know, you have to do this. And we give this big argument why it has to be done and the Shem Shema yeah, and that's not really. What's bothering you is the, the person did not give you hashivas. didn't make you feel important. That's what's really deeply bothering you. So that's called what we call the dibir is in I mean, Dibber, that means your speech is in It's not, you don't know how to express yourself. And this is very, very true. This is also very true between us in Hashem, the same way. We have a very hard time telling Hashem. You know, I feel distant from you. I feel in trouble. I feel frustrated. Just to say, and the more you say it, the more you teach yourself to express yourself, the better you have. It works, it feeds on itself. The more you talk, the more you understand you have. The more understanding you have, the better you could express it. It's not one without the other. When people talk in therapy, they come to self-understanding. The talking brings to understanding. Sometimes the understanding brings to talking. But a person needs both in themselves. You need das, and you need to talk. And if you're able to start to talk, what's bothering you in your heart, that brings the out of Golas, and it makes a person so much freer. You ever notice when finally you're able to express yourself what's bothering you, you feel so differently? Wow, something came off, uh, a load came off, off your mind. It is, it, that's what exactly what the davening was about. Unfortunately, when we daven, our mind is not in davening. You know, you know what happens in davening? Did you notice when you finally do daven, all the things you need to take care comes to your mind then, amazing? Finally davening, all of a sudden, I go, oh, I forgot about this. I was once in shul and I watch a guy take out his uh, Smartphone and Bill and I walk over to him and he says what's what what was that he says you know unfortunately middle shemonesh all my problems come to me and if I don't write it down then after shemonesh I forget about them unfortunately this is the the part of the sahara. when finally we want to avantar Hashem that everything you know what we want to take care of is comes to our mind that is the Hasidim say. That Rebbe Shem said this, and all the Hasidim, that that is the uh, important work that we need to do, is to daven with gavona. Because you should know, when you do express yourself to Hashem, you tell Him, tell Hashem, listen, no, I'm not perfect. I want to overcome this obstacle in our life. You face it, you feel so much better about yourself. Let's say you do, you know you shouldn't be doing it. So most of us will sweep it under the rug, and walk around with the guilt of it. Imagine you say to Hashem, I know I shouldn't, I need your help. I need your, give me strength to overcome this. How to move ahead, how to push forward. The person says this, that gives a it relieves a person, and the Bodhisattva really listens. So the more you articulate it, the more you say it, the more closer you get to Hashem. And it's amazing what happens when a person davens he gets a, more of a self-awareness, which is very, very important. Because, as I said before, too, when we get caught off guard, often is the lack of what's going on with yourself. And that person got involved in something. It doesn't have to be major. So recently I heard someone got involved in a business deal, but it turned out the whole thing was a sham, and he was caught up with it. Uh, you know, when he realized, he realized when he was, He was in trouble. The point is that when a person talks, even to a friend, you ever notice you're going through a tough time? I look, I have a bunch of daughters and I remember I learned how to talk for my daughters, believe it or not. I have eight daughters and I remember how I was shocked how when my oldest dad was 12, she herself has a 16 year old child today, that she was 12 and I remember such easiness she talked about her feelings. I says, "Wow, you know what I mean? The women do have it. Not all, but many women could, and there are many, plenty of women who just cannot say what's bothering them. But uh, women are, have a much better time of talking than men. But it's it, when a person does say what's bothering you, you feel so much better about it. The whole argument, when to people, when you are, when couples argue." You should know the rule of the argument has nothing to do with the issue. Let me tell you an interesting story. I, I give a class, of see this for men, and one time I tried to talk about peace, and we got off topic, and I asked them, we have about um, eight men coming in the morning, asked who's brave enough to tell me his last argument about Shalom Bice. So one guy says, he's married over 20 years, and I'll tell you what happened to me. Well, Monday morning, I'm driving to my office, and my wife calls up, and she says she left the sunglasses in the car. And she says, I need the sunglasses. Can you come home? I says, are you kidding me? Do you know I'm 20 minutes away from home? I'm, I'm another 20 minutes the I said, come home, bring you back the sunglasses. Are you kidding me? She hung up the phone. And for the next three days... Yiddish is a very powerful thing. I think in English it's called powering. You know, they were powering each other. They were ignoring each other. You know, Sean buys, And he tells me, weren't I right? He tells me, I'm driving to my She needs a sunglasses. I should turn around. I tell him, whatever his name is, I said to him, let me re- re- rewrite the story. Replay the story. The wife calls you up. She's all agitated. You're driving to your office. He you says, I left my song. I need my sunglasses. You say to her, my dear wife, whatever her name is, let's say her name is Sara. My dear Sara, you're the most important person in my life. Which is the truth. Your spouse is the most important. I'll do anything for you. If it's so important to bring that. But and let me explain to you what's going to happen. Coming back 20 minutes, another 20, it's 40 minutes. The people waiting in the office, and things are going to get piled up. And what would have your wife said? My wife says, Please don't come home. I said, What happened? you were convinced that you were so right that you should get agitated, and all of a sudden, what was your wife was in a bad mood. We all are, get into such situations, and when you pushed her away, she felt ignored, not validated, and got into the fight three days. If you would have changed the way you talk, everything would have been different. Because when you argue, you only argue because one of you feels it doesn't mean he was he was he he was not aware his wife was in a bad mood, and you know, but if you're unaware, so argument comes. One of the parts feels ignored, pushed away, not important, not appreciated. Could be has nothing to do with you. Could be, but that's how she felt that day, and you didn't validate anything. You got into an argument, and three days it cost you three days. Shalom bye If you would have said it. Yiddish, we call it sing a different nigan. That's how he's saying Yiddish. You would have sang a different tune. You would have said it in a different way, then the whole thing would have been different. There would have been no argument. There could be disagreement, but there no argument. So this is the same thing. This is true not only between us and our, and, and, and our spouse. This is between us and Hashem. A person sits down. They should teach themselves how to, you know, just tell Hashem I. Tell Hashem, my situation is not good. Oh, the other time, day someone asked me, you know, he's fuming at his brother-in-law, fuming, fuming, you know, about a business deal. all gone. He says, "Why don't you just sit down to tell Hashem?" I'm so full of anger. Help me make peace with myself. No one walks. No one likes to walk around with anger. Yeah, people have a subconscious feel they're in power, but no one likes. I always tell people, when people get into a fight in show them bias, get into a big argument, no one walks away and says, you know, I shouldn't have argued, shouldn't have gotten down, but it feels good. Both parties feel horrible. You know, after a good fight, we both feel terrible. No one comes out feeling good. The trick is, 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 is to catch it before, not to let things go so, uh, uh, so, so far away. Anyways, you want to know something? Not all man. <laughs>
1: well,
0: they have, that's a trick. They, to answer your question, every couple is different. Every couple has the needs to learn. Not just couple, if you have many children, it's the same way. Every child, the communication is different. That's what I'm saying, I have, uh, you know, can I know how many children? And I noticed that each child, the, the communication, uh, girls, and girls, I must tell you, they communicate better than I do. But it's different, you have to learn how to communicate, know your situation, how it is, and, and how to say it, in a non-threatening way. If you say, I feel unimportant, you can't argue with that. How could you argue with them? you know You are important. You're right. Could be, but that's not how I feel. There's no arguing. Arguing is, you didn't. You're, you're selfish. You don't think about others. And I was here, and you don't think about me. You didn't take care of me. You, you, you're nothing. and You're good for nothing. That's how we get carried away, especially young people. All of a sudden, but if you just say that's not the, that's the truth, is not the truth. It's nonsense. Truth is, it's not possible. The two people live together. There'll be couples, brothers and sisters and family that people don't get hurt. It's impossible. It's, it's, it should be a, a miracle. The question is how to express yourself. Same way I really want to focus with Hashem. To learn is how to express yourself to Hashem. Like I was telling this guy who was walking on with anger. He says, why don't you just take time and talk to Hashem? It'll help me overcome this anger. I'm walking around angry for, for weeks already. And not getting anywhere. The anger is not going to bring the solution to the thing. You know, whatever it has to be done. But we often, we don't even think about it. He says, I should talk to Hashem about anger? I says, yes. You're walking around with anger. It's not doing you any good. People around you feel it. And he says, just talk to Hashem. That's what we call the Dibiris and Gulis. Often we don't tell, even our Hashem. Even I find people don't tell their own spouse, low school friends. Well, I don't want to say that. Why didn't you tell me? So that's what we call the of You A person could talk to Hashem, everything there in their mind. You bring such a deep understanding in your life, it'll be amazing. Because we are things that we get battled up with. There are things that bother us. We don't even sometimes even realize. The more you talk to Hashem, they become your self-awareness. You have understanding and then you can even talk better. This was Gulas Mitzrayim. The Gulas Mitzrayim started. that Kal Yisrael was, you know, didn't have das. And when they started talk, screaming to Hashem, the next week's passage you'll see, then Hashem, then they became aware about the situation. Very often, people are slaves. Don't even realize really with clarity what's going on. It's, it doesn't have to be slavery. I've watched this happens in many instances in life. People get pulled in into some silly or, or dangerous things or taken advantage of, it and this, they didn't have a self-awareness of what's going. You stop and you ask yourself what's going on. You're much likely not to be pulled in. That's why. Ram Nachman said that it's so important to talk to Hashem. If you could take 20 minutes of your day, sit alone, turn off the iPhone or the, any phone, and uh, and just sit and talk to Hashem, and if you can't, just sit. Say I'm sitting in front of Hashem. You'll see your life is going to change to the better. But you got to be persistent. You got to be disciplined. One of the things we all humans lack is discipline. I went to someone's house, and he asked me to come to put up Mrs. He Rebuild his house, and he has a room downstairs. This person is a little bit wealthy, and he has a room, the exercise room. And he, put, he told me his equipment for that room, for the exercise, is $15,000. And he really has to lose weight. He's not so old, but he has high blood pressure, overweight, and yeah, he tells me. I meet him a, a year later, and I says, no, it doesn't look like you lost weight, I joke with him. He says, rabbi, I thought that I'm gonna build this room and with exercise I'll do it. No, don't you tell me to do exercise if I hire a trainer to come. So I said to myself, wow, wouldn't it be great we hire a trainer to meditate? You know, call me up and tell me to meditate. <laughs> because well, the problem is, we humans are, are not so disciplined, you know. We are lack discipline, you know. But unless a person is so gung ho, it's so important in life, and it feels that if the, but we do lack discipline. as part of our shortcoming. But if a person could take time, 20 minutes a day, and sit and talk to Hashem, you'll see how often so many things are bottled up would come flowing out of you. It'll take times, not once and not twice, but you know and the truth is, you have to tell yourself, the only one who really listens is Hashem. Other people say they're listening, and you pay for them, I don't know if they listen, but Hashem clearly listens. And not only that, He could help you in your situation. The B'nishlam is dear, could help you in your situation. He's our creator. He made us. What we are is His handiwork. We are His creation, and being in His creation, you talk to Hashem. It you know you get connected to, to to Hashem. That's why you notice in davening we make a bracha everything what we eat. We make a bracha when we eat because. It's, you know, the question is, why do we have to make a bracha? Why do we have to talk to Hashem? Why do we need to daven? Because when we daven, we become much more aware of what's going on with ourselves. Ever notice when you have a good davening, and you really daven, you become a self-awareness. How, how often all you need is self-awareness to make your job better, to make your shambhai's better, to make your relationship with your children better. Just a self-aware, often the people have a hard time getting along, I notice often is they don't have a self-awareness what they're doing. They become so self-centered, they can't see that their comments and what they're doing and how they express themselves, how hurtful it is. So the more person has a self-awareness, the more he realizes what's going on, the more he realizes what am I doing with my life? Because that's true, how much, you know, we, ha- we have this gift of life which is unbelievable. You know, some of you sound, look cold a little bit this morning, but you know, we live in California. And it's a sunny day today, with the rain yesterday. It's a sunny day. It's a great day. we all wake, woke up, and we're all alive. I always ask myself in the morning, how can I make the day better? It's a gift of life where we have. And most often, we repeat the same mistakes. Most people, they mess up and they do the same mistake. You know, whatever, whoever you're communicating with, it'll be a, a mother, a daughter, a sister, a neighbor, a spouse, and we say the same mistake. Why are you doing the same mistake? It didn't work last time. Try something different. But that doesn't come unless people have a self-awareness. Same thing with your whole life. How can I become a better Jew? Everyone wants to be better. But we don't think about it. You know, we, we think that, you know, all of us think what we're doing is exactly what God wants. You know, the one on the right are extremists. The one on the left, they missed the boat. I'm in the middle of the road. It's amazing how wide the road is because everyone thinks it's in the middle of the road. It must be an extremely wide road because everyone thinks he does exactly which is really immature, but the reason people have to think this way, is because you have to feel good about yourself. You have to say, I'm doing good. The question you should ask yourself. When I was young, I used to get into argument with my wife or my children, I would always say, Of course I think I'm right. So does she think she's right? Which part am I doing wrong that we got into an argument? Because everyone always thinks they're right. I never I never I sit in the toilets often. I never had a guy come to the Torah and say, Rabbi, if I'm wrong, tell me. They always tell me, Rabbi, I'm 100% right. Not even 150. I want you to convince him that I'm right. I once had a couple this way. And he wants me to convince his wife her right he is. I says, did you hear your wife? I, said, I didn't speak to your wife. I said, did you hear what she has to say? I don't know what she has to say. You're coming to me and you want me to convince her. But that's how humans are. We think we are a hundred percent right. And it's, it's some people say it's either my way or the highway. Some people are smarter to say they don't want to say it's the highway, but it is the highway, and it's it's only my way, and, and I, because that's the human nature. The trick of it is is to see maybe there's the different. I'm not so right. It's the same thing Yiddish guy. How can I be strong and do the right thing to make sure this works? I want to focus on this, I want to focus... Whatever you want to grow, in Yiddish guy. Because the gift of life we have, it's such an incredible gift that we have life and we brought, we bring life into the world and we're living. Might as well do the best out of it. I mean, it's your life. You know, your happiness today really depends on you. I know people don't like to hear this, but truthfully is. It depends, if you decide to be happy today, you'll be happy. And if you decide to be not happy, you can have two people, one who's going through horrible problems, and he walks around with a smile. The other ones you ask him, no problem, but he walks around sour. I see this all the time. It depends how you want to live. But the weirdness comes the more you talk to Hashem self-awareness really, really comes, comes from the more a person talks to Hashem, the more you become aware, what am I doing? Can I do things differently? Am I eating everything kosher? Or should I daven better? I keep Shabbos is maybe relaxing. What sneeze is relaxing? Or my friendship, no respect to others is lacking. You know, Take something in your life and I... I Always tell people take something. Say I want to change. You'll see such a incredible good feeling when you overcome something. You say you want to change. I had a lady. I'm begging her to write, uh, uh, write about it. I've said it so often because I just met her again. She decided, so goes about six or seven years ago, that she is not going to nag. She told me I was a nag of all nags. You know, she would nag her husband and nag her daughters and there be a quetch. And she took upon herself one Rosh Hashanah that she's gonna stop nagging. It was, told me it was the hardest thing in the world. She recently told me I could have fasted three days that would have been easier than stop nagging. It was such a habit. And uh, you know, and she. it was so hard saying what she told me. I used to bite my lips and bleed. Because I said, I'm not nagging today. I said it once. She said, first thing that changed was her relationship with her husband and two daughters. She had two teenage daughters then at home. She she didn't, you know, she said, wow. She says, at the end, by came Purim time, she was, was so much better, but she realized how much she disliked herself for being a nag and how much she loves herself today. That was the most profound thing. When a person changes anything, a silly habit you change, you feel so much better about yourself. You have an inner feeling, I overcame. It could be silly. No one has to know you about it. But I I changed. That's what we're here for. We're here to grow and to change, to be a better person, to be kinder. See, negativeness, I always tell people, doesn't need encouragement. No one needs to encourage you to be angry. No one needs to encourage you to be critical. You know, we all are expert at criticism. My proof to this is always Hallmark sells no cards of criticism. We do a better job than Hallmark. I always tell people there's three reasons why Hallmark doesn't sell criticism. First of all, we're very machbed. Zerizah magdimah mitzvah. We want to be critical, we must do it right away. I can't wait to go to Ralph's and get a card. Right away, I gotta do it. Second, the card is much too small. When I criticize, it's got to be uh, a long Megillah, as we say. And, uh, and uh, third of all, I do a better job than they do. When it comes to appreciation, to say thank you, I must run to a hallmark. I didn't realize what someone explained to you. Hallmark is a billion-dollar business. It's not a million-dollar business. We don't know how to say thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I need the card to tell me. See, anger, depression... Criticism, you know, pouching, it, you don't need encouragement. It just is there. It's a machine. To change that, you gotta work. You gotta change how not to criticize. I don't like what the person is doing. How to say it not in a critical way. How to say it in a positive way. Because we all, you know, two year olds, you know, I always tell people, we come into this world crying. You know, baby is born screaming, crying. And two year olds, you know, know how to make a tantrum. You know, when was when the ch- when was a young child ever tell Ma, I'm hungry, can you please give me dinner? That would be the greatest music to our ears. Whether they crutchy and they scream and they yell. And what is for supper? There's nothing food in the fridge. You know, to open the fridge, a full fridge. Ma, there's nothing in the fridge to eat. That's the criticism and negativity has its own machine. But to be positive, we must work on that. We must learn how to be complimentary, not to criticize, how to hold our anger at at a base. This is the great challenge. And the greatest challenge, how to be happy. And you know what? If you respect others, and you're sure you're excited about others, it comes, you feed on that, they get excited of seeing you. If you give a huge smile to someone, they'll smile right back at you. I see this all the time. I, you know, I, I unfortunately, I do the shopping now, and I walk into a house, and I have a big smile, even though with my payers flying in my beard, people smile right back. They, they look at me, who is that, but they smile right back. It's hard not to smile back you walk around happy, people will re- you know react to you. If you walk around bitter, people stay away. I used to tell my daughters when they were dating, the most important thing is not just to look nice, to wear a smile. If you go on a date without a smile, you're not dressed. It's very important. If you go into a crowd, you ever notice you walk into a crowd, the first face you notice is a smiling face. You come into a crowd and people are nervous, and, they get attracted to a smiling face. That's how we are. So if you smile and you're positive to others, you reap always the benefit. But still, it's such a struggle. Every person knows that, but it's a struggle to be happy. Goodness is a struggle. When you let go of yourself, you're depressed, and you get angry, and you're frustrated. But not to, when you don't let go of yourself. That's when you really do the, the right thing, and that's when goodness and positive and happiness comes in. So, what I want you to all encourage today is two things. Take time for yourself. It is unbelievable powerful. Take time, tr- you know, try it out. 20 minutes, don't, no, alone, your, is your bubble, and just sit and think that I'm sitting in front of Hashem. And try start talking. Beginning is going to be difficult, but the more you do it, the more you feel such a relief, you let go of all the anxiousness and the things that bother you and you feel this God who's around you. You feel there's there's a purpose for my, my pain and there's a reason why I have to go through this pain. I always say this to myself, I did not choose. We choose nothing. I did not choose that I should be tall. I didn't choose that uh, not the way I look or the way who my parents were, or the way I was raised. We choose almost zero. Hashem didn't take us through the aisle and choose your father and mother. Didn't take us through the aisles, you know, choose your siblings, choose the neighborhood that you grow up. You know, I grew up, I always tell people, you know, how children, you know, I was a child of the Holocaust, a bunch of Holocaust survivors who grew up in Williamsburg. It was a different upbringing than people who grew up in a different, it's the way Hashem wanted. He created every one of us. I always tell people: every one of us is custom made. C- custom made. so you are Hashem. Wasn't that you were just happened to be born? No, 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 no. Before you came down, Hashem said, "This is how this person has to look. How the features from head to toe." From the hair on your head to your toe, is exactly bashared, Exactly, your choice is not chair What you choose in life, that's your choice. But everything else, and you know, like we didn't choose. Our, I told the parent who's so so upset with one of his children, it says you didn't choose your child, and but I, I didn't fail him. You send him to yeshiva and you did your best, and now oh, he went off in the deep end. I don't know. I mean, who could control this? Great people have such things. You, we do our best. Very often, you know, it's amazing. When the children do good, we say it's us. When children do bad, when we're in pain, we always say, why me? When things are going good for you, no one ever came to my office and said, Rabbi, things are going so good for me, why me? It never happened. That never happened. Amazing. Things are going good, of course it's going good because of me. Things are going bad. Why me? It's not me. It's why? That's, uh, that's how you we humans are this way. So when a person takes time and sits and talks to Hashem, you become so much more aware of what's going on. And you have to tell yourself, accept that, you know, life, this is the life that Hashem gave me, this is my challenge. You know, unfortunately, when my wife was in the emergency room. I learned a ah, It's just fascinating. And I've said this often, but it's just fascinating. The doctors were there. It was middle of the night. They were bored. Uh, someone came with stitches. Someone came with a cough. And you know. all of a sudden, trauma came in. A patient of trauma. They all became full of life. It was three in the morning. They would have thought this is the middle of the day. They just woke up and they were full of life, running. No was oh, you trauma. And it hit me. Do you know why? This is what they were trained for. They are trained. They're looking forward. Something exciting, you know, a few stitches here and someone has temperature here and uh, you want to check the heart there. Uh, this, is not, uh, this is not what they were trained. Yeah, it's small talk. They were so happy that it's such a big challenge. I always tell the same thing in life. See, we are here to take care of chaos. Having a family. They ha- there's no family. There's no chaos. There's no relationship, and there's no chaos. I, when Young people, you know, have these dreams. Everything is going to work. I says, I always tell every chas and kala. You know, we're going on the chuppah to read the ksubah. Do you know what the ksubah is? Sub is a prenuptial agreement. Imagine they would read under the chuppah in English the prenuptial, not in Aramaic. It would have been a disaster. Why are we reading the prenuptial agreement under the chuppah? Tell the Hassan, I know you think everything is going to go smooth and no waves and no bumps. If that's what you really think is going to happen, you're in trouble. You have to know there's going to be waves and there's going to be bumps. And the trick of marriage is to weather the bumps and to take care of the chaos and work it out. Life is never smooth sailing. There's no such a thing. It never was and never will be until Mashiach comes. It has its challenges. And I'm sure some of you have unbearable challenges. But everyone gets the challenge custom made. My challenge, not your challenge, your challenge. It's something but one challenge for one person, the other person doesn't realize that was a that was problem. I'm always warm. My wife is always cold. So the Shabbos, I didn't realize that it was cold. And and my daughter was put on one sweater. I forgot she put on, she she wanted to heat higher. She would put on gloves. I said, gloves? At the Shabbos table? (laughs) (laughs) I said, what? But I had no idea. I'm always warm. And, you know, certain people are always cold. But the challenge of one person is nothing for the other person. Two people, we not built the same. We're not, totally not the same. And what could be so difficult for me could be nothing for the other person, and vice versa. We're custom made right here. And this is the more you connect yourself to Hashem, the more your life becomes peaceful. And God, this is what, life is challenging. So we have life. The gift of life we have. question is, how are we going to utilize our life? And if you don't sit down and think about it, you know, I, uh, I asked a guy who's very successful in the business, very quickly, I said, what was your trick? He says, part of the trick is I need to hire workers one after another, is I all the time say, is this work you're working on? Is this making enough money? Is this wasting time? Continuously, he says, that's what I reassess the situation. Otherwise, things get get out of control. And I says, I wish we could do this our life too. we could reassess what we're doing. So anyways, I want to leave you with the thought that you should take time for yourself and mainly try it out at least one day. Walk around smiling and see how much more, uh, as I call it, more mileage you get from it smiling. This, you know, when you, when you get in an agitated mood, See if you give the person a smile and you say it in a different, as we say in Yiddish, a different nighin, a different expression. It's like the guy with, with the, the sunglasses. All of a sudden, he said a whole, if, we, if he would have said a whole different way, the, the whole, it would have been a, next three days would have been great days. To, it, it, we don't, the reason this happens we don't take time for ourselves. But if you're happy, you take time for yourself, you're much more aware of what's going on. Okay. So